All right, thanks for joining us, Luca. Today we're going to be talking about uh, strategies to support your immunity. And uh, maybe just kind of the question off, off the top is, um, what, do, what do you think should be top of mind for people, you know, in this, this massive transition, this shift of uncertainty? Uh, what, what do you think people should be kind of thinking, doing, feeling uh, as, as we navigate through all this? Well, if that's not a two-hour answer that I need to cull into five seconds. Uh, you need to feel all the feels and you need to acknowledge that we're all in this together. But in terms of nutrition, because this is my bag, I love to look at this from the point of view of food and nutrition. So there are some pretty big hitters that you can do. The one I talk about incessantly in a lot of places right now is the benefits of a good meat stock or for those who are vegan or vegetarian looking to something like a dashi that I know you and I have talked about before. Something that is supportive to the gut is really one of the quintessential pieces you can do at this time. It will help in so many ways. So if you are feeling stress and anxiety because of the way the world is, well, meat stock actually helps to calm things down. One of the things that happens when there's stress and anxiety is that uh, digestion actually gets shut down. Well, meat stock helps to turn that digestion back on. Dashi would do a very similar work. Um, meat stock, though, is really nourishing to the intestinal lining and is one of those superb foods for the gut, the liver, and the immune system. And right now, if we're talking about wanting to bolster that immunity and how to fortify kind of our uh, protective measures against what's happening and what's coursing through the populace, then you want to look after the gut, you want to look after the liver, and you want to look after your immune system. And all three are super well served by meat stock. So I love the idea of meat stock, but over and above that, there's a lot of little pieces you can do. And the most pieces you can add, if you're doing one at a time, that is actually the only way it's going to work. You can't do a 180 on how you're running through life, although it sort of feels sometimes like Mother Nature is trying to go, can, can you do a 180 right now there, honey? <laughs> right? Oh, hang on. It's going to be a good ride. Well, it's totally going to be a good ride, but yeah, in terms of what you can do right now to help reduce the stress and to help, um, you know, one of the pieces of reducing stress is making some of those choices where you feel like you're able to have an action piece or an actionable piece that makes you feel empowered, makes you feel like, oh, I've got a little bit of control. I mean, I know that this whole 24-hour news cycle that we've got going on going, this is what's happening and it's worse and it's worse and it's worse kind of keeps us in the loop of wanting to feel on top of things and watching the news cycle helps us feel like we've got some semblance on what's going on. That also ramps up the fear factor and also ramps up a lot of anxieties. Well, might I suggest another alternative? Why don't you look to do something that is within your own power with your two hands, things you have within the four walls of your house that can benefit you and those who are in and around you and making food is going to be one of those ways to actionable pieces to help yeah. us move through what's going on right now. So I, I will always go back to this. It will always be real food that's going to help you the best. Yeah. So using this time to really get into the kitchen and understand what are some of those basics. I mean, I can help you. There's a lot of people out there, a lot of folks giving some free online classes and what have you, but connect, connect with people yeah. over food, food preparation. And that is, that is an actionable piece that you have within your own capacity. Yeah, and, totally. and you I mean, have... I know, the, well, there's tons of providers too, of small providers in and around here in Calgary, for sure, that are making real food accessible and doing deliveries door to door. So 
that's, that's where I would start is the meat stock question and the, hey, how about we do pieces we can control ourselves and make real food. When you're making that real food, you're providing those ingredients for immune system to work. You're providing those ingredients for your liver. And it's your liver that mounts your entire immune response to any invader that's coming in. So you wanna be able to make sure that your liver's got what she needs to do, uh, to do the work. And then you wanna nourish the gut as well. The best way is through real food. It's, it's not complicated, it's really just real food. Yeah, totally. No, I love that advice. You know, as, as simple as it is, it's, it's really profound. Like, as you say, we're kind of on this 24-7 news cycle feed and we know we're just at the beginning. We know it's just going to keep ramping up and up and up. Um, it's going to become closer and closer to home uh, for each of us here. And to be able to just like, okay, stop, you know, like breathe, you know, connect, like you say, I, a lot of us are distancing ourselves. So, there's the people in our own home and you and I, we've both got teenagers and many people watching too. It's like, how can we bring our children to take this opportunity to bring them into the food preparation? Uh, you know, I know for me and you, maybe you were the same as well. Like I had, I had almost zero skills leaving the house. You know, my mom did, you know, the best job that she could, but for where I wanted to go and how I wanted to kind of live my life, I, I really had no skills leaving home, uh, how to feed myself. And, and this is an opportunity with children home from school, get them involved in the food preparation, you know, to learn and, you know, for you guys to connect, right. And, and to build delicious food and, those of us that are watching, you know, like we're obviously into nutrition, we're developing that knowledge. And this is an opportunity now to be able to pass that on uh, to our children in, in, in these moments. So I love that. And one more thing I just wanted to add, uh, you know, I have, we've talked about meat stock, we've done videos on, on Dashi, but yeah. just really the quick, like kind of 30 second uh, difference between bone broth and meat stock, and then what is Dashi. So just kind of the quick 30 second, uh, those. Okay, so meat stock and bone broth, you can use interchangeably in recipes. So if you're making a soup at home, you can use meat stock or bone broth. Here's where the difference lies though. Meat stock versus bone broth. So meat stock is predominantly meat on bones, cooked for a fairly short time. Bone broth is predominantly bones and that would be cooked for much longer time. So say you're talking about poultry, a chicken meat stock would be about an hour and a half. You can put a full chicken or just chicken parts or chicken feet and gizzards or all any combination thereof. And that cooks for an hour and a half, strain the meat and the other stuff out and the liquid is your meat stock. Bone broth would be bigger carcasses maybe after you've roasted a turkey or a chicken or a quail or what have you. That then cooks for a good 24 to 48 hours. So the, the content of meat stock versus bone broth are two completely different things. A bone broth can be more problematic for people who have gut issues on the go. And a meat stock tends to be better tolerated by just about everybody under the sun. So the medicine to do that gut supportive piece to help really nourish that gut lining. Because if you think about it, that intestinal lining is your protective barrier against the outside world. Like who was it? Was it? Terry Willard, who says gums to bum, which I really love, <laughs> like the whole concept of gums to bum and how you're a donut essentially and your digestive tract is the outside world. And that intestinal lining is that barrier that keeps the inside world in and keeps the outside world out through that digestive tract. So you want to fortify that gut lining as best you can. And that's the meat stock that'll do that. Bone broth can do that. But if your gut is well, it'll do that. If your gut is not well, it can tend to make some of the stuff worse. Worse. So I tend to say, if you want to do some repair, 
go for the short cooked meat stock. If you want to maintain what's happening at the gut, go for bone broth. If your guts are well, bone broth will work for you. If your guts are not, then you want to do meat stock. I love a meat stock because it's easier, it's shorter time, and I can do a full chicken, and then I strip the meat off and I eat it. And it really, all it is is you put a full chicken, cover just about cover it with water, simmer for an hour and a half, like bring it up to a simmer, then set your timer for 90 minutes, and then take it off, take the chicken out, strain all the bits out, and that's your meat stock. Now you can strip the meat off and eat. When it comes to dashi, dashi, if I remember correctly, it is two to three shiitake mushrooms, the dried shiitakes, with three or four pieces of about the size of Asako's hand, was it, I think? She yeah. said, oh, <laughs> kombu strips. And that goes in cold water in about a liter of cold water. And that sits for a good six to 12 hours. And then you bring it up to a simmer on the stove top. And just before the bubbles start to form, you need to pull your seaweed out, your kombu strips, because they can render a bit of a, um, like a sour note and just a bitter flavor to your, to your uh, finished stock. So you pull the, the kombu out. And then as it starts to simmer, you could take out the shiitakes and mince them and put them back in and turn that into a delicious miso soup. And it's the medicine from the kombu strips that will actually support that gut lining piece, much like the meat stock does. Yeah, and anything, I, and I've, I've definitely been using it. Uh, I've been trying it out. And when you soak the kombu and the shiitake in the, in the cold water, it actually gets this kind of gelatinous like uh, quality to it, which is the same kind of gut healing properties that's in your meat stocks and bone broth. So it's amazing. Hooray for traditional food knowledge. And, th and that's the thing. Like this comes from the land of our grandmothers. This yeah. is the ancestral wisdom piece that I think in this kind of uncertain time, are these kinds of scenarios popping up because we have veered too far and too quickly? And this is mother nature's way of going snap back there. You yeah. took too many steps forward, back up. And so this is a perfect time to tap into some of that wisdom of some of our ancestors. You know, this, the dashi is a traditional Japanese recipe that's been used for centuries and many, many, many generations. Well, meat stock and bone broth was something traditionally used and, and prepared in just about every culture that consumed animal foods. And that was everyone. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, this is, and you know, I've sort of been joking in the last couple of weeks of like the grandmothers have it. That's what I mean. They were making real food. They were doing slow food because that is the only option you had. That is what you learned from the grandmothers before and the people who were cooking and baking before you. Well, now we've really drastically changed that in the last two or three generations. And while I think my grandmother would sit in my kitchen and think, well, you've got it going on, don't you? I'd rather live when you live because you've got the ease of everything. If I could give these ways up, I would. But here's the wisdom give those ways up and now you're passing on some of that power to look after your own health and you're outsourcing that to someone yeah this is the perfect time to insource that immune fortitude to insource that wisdom and that knowledge and to impart it to have a really robust immune system response god forbid covid19 comes knocking at your door right yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I love, love where we started, you know, talking about 
you know, the gut, because you describe it as, as ground zero for the immune system. You've already talked a little bit about kind of the stress and the anxiety and how uh, a meat stock and, and these types of preparations will help kind of kickstart the digestion because when we're stressed out, it's, it's that either, you know, rest and digest or, or not, you know, in that flight or fight and your digestion goes down. Uh, but also, you know, the foundation, as you say, the ground zero for our immunity is in our gut. So we need to focus there first. I know you're, this is, this is what you talk about all the time. So for, let's take that as our, our launching off point. Okay. Yes, I am blue in the face because I do talk about this all the time, but it's true. Uh, when you're, It doesn't matter what you're talking about. The gut is always going to be ground zero, especially when it comes to immunity. And here's why. 70 to 80% of your immune system actually resides at the gut layer. Now, the immune system is this really beautifully complicated, well-orchestrated system of organs and cells and different things in the body. And it exists just about everywhere in your body. You have an immune system in your brain, actually. You have an immune system uh, in the payers patches, and that's part of the components of what's living in the intestinal tract. Your immune system is taught what is mine and what is not mine. Immune system, please take this down. Immune system, don't touch this. These are my cells. That sort of uh, learning and teaching happens through your microbiome is a super hot topic these days and with good reason we're just scratching at the surface to understand what role that microbiome piece plays in the role of immunity and as we're finding out the microbiome has the ability to turn some cancer markers on to turn some of them off it has a way of helping express different uh, genetics so Anything you can do to support your microbiome is going to further bolster your immune system to be even uh, more robust. So that, and that's the thing, you know, we can't, in this day and age, we're trying to figure out, well, we just close everything and don't let anything in. Yeah. I don't know that that's realistic. Yeah. Our immune system is actually how we, inter it's exactly, your immune system is where you interact with the outside world. Mm -hmm. It's where you encounter the outside world and it's where your immune system learns from the, like what's going on in the outside world and kind of shifts and mends and molds or bends and molds to respond to what's happening in the outside. So you, we need to, we just need to look after our immune system so that she can better do that, right? To, to be able to, to encounter the outside world. And I think that is actually one of the pieces that we've had to let go of as we have shifted how we do things kind of as a general rule, like in our current society. And my work is just in trying to enhance the, the, the concept that, okay, so how do we insource that stuff? And, and what are you capable of doing? And that gut piece, that 80% of your immune system lives at the gut level. And when something's not working well at the gut level, this now starts to one of the first pieces that comes to the rescue is your immune system. So anytime you can bolster your gut, you're now going to be taking some of the work off of your immune system so that she can answer the call for other things going on. Yeah. So there's a lot of little components to this and for sure the gut is that ground zero. It's always going to be the ground zero. And, you know, we joke about this in school when we went to holistic nutrition school, that um, when in doubt, just look after the gut. And it, it's always going to be the gut. All yeah. disease begins in the gut. So, you know, your food is your medicine and medicine can be your food and those kinds of concepts. I'm not saying that, you know, you eat a papaya and it's going to kick COVID to the curb. Like, <laughs> wouldn't that be so great? But 
it's, it's, it's more a series of those good practices you can put in place in order to get there. And yeah, the gut is that ground zero. But I mean, you've got, you've got your thymus part, uh, which lives kind of just at heart level. Uh, you have your liver as part of your immune system. She's the one who actually mounts the entire immune system response. You have your spleen, which helps to clean a lot of stuff out. Your lymph is involved and included in coursing around a lot of that immune system. Um, you've got your tonsils and your adenoids. Like there's all of these amazing, beautiful things in the body that are peppered all over to help protect you against the outside invader. And there's histamine reactions that get released when there's an offending invader of some sort. Like your body is primed to be able to meet all of these things. How do you best bolster that so that it can meet what's coming? And one of the most underrated things that you could do actually to support your immune system is to sleep. Right, yeah. You know, we can talk about food all day long. We can talk about these special things and beautiful elixirs you can build, which is, of course, my favorite thing. But um, if you're not sleeping well and if you're not prioritizing sleep or you're scrolling through uh, the news cycle and being up till two o'clock in the morning because it's hard to tear yourself away from it, you're not doing yourself a favor. Your immune system really needs that deep sleep at night in order to recharge and in order to get ready for the next day. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So let's, so let's build it. So we got, you know, ground zero of the gut. So using, you know, meat spot, meat stocks to kind of heal and seal the gut, you know, those, yep. those are good for everyone and anyone. So yes. kind of done that gut healing repair, which is going to provide that foundation for the immune system. Next, I assume is, is fermented foods, you know, adding that in. That was going to be piece two, because I've got three pieces. So the second piece is going to be those fermented foods. If you can tolerate, some people can't quite tolerate. Um, it can be a question of you've just taken in too much because a cup of kimchi is not where I would start. Um, <laughs> well, I would, but I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> start there. But yeah, looking after your microbiome, right? So that gut lining, we were talking about that Fort Knox. So your intestinal lining is one cell thick, which is amazing. So there's Dr. Andrea Bobrun who described it this way, where the cells, the junctions are nice and tight like this is what you're aiming for. And when the junctions between the cells start to come apart, this is what they call leaky gut. And now right directly behind this intestinal barrier, there is your blood flowing right there. And it's in that blood flow that the majority of your immune system is living. And this is where the immune system comes to the rescue. Anything that's coming in between those junctions is going to get intercepted by your immune system. Whether it is a virus, whether it's something like E. coli food poisoning, right? Whether it is, um, I don't know, a whole huge chunk of egg that you didn't quite chew well because you were stressed out trying to scarf down a hard boiled egg on your way out the door to go help your neighbor who's having a crisis, like that sort of scenario. Whatever is not quite broken down, when there is that incidence of your gut lining being further apart, those intestinal cells being further apart, those junctions being pulled apart, now you have that chance and possibility of those foods coming through that gut lining. Now, the meat stock, like we were talking about, helps to fortify and bring those junctions together. Good work. Now you need to work on the secondary layer, which is your mucosal barrier, much like the inside lining of your mouth. That's called, it's like a snotty layer. So it's wet, right? Slimy. Then in that layer lives your third layer, which is your microbiome. And that microbiome piece is where you really can do a lot of beautiful work to help orchestrate a really strong third extra organ layer, if you will. They're almost calling it its own organ kind of thing, which is cool. 
And those fermented foods are one of the ways to rebuild that and to help build a happy space. There's other things you could do too, though. There's, um, there's now new evidence to show that fermented foods, well, of course, they're transient. So those, the microbiome or the, the, the microbiota that are coming in or the bugs, the bacteria that are coming in with those ferments don't tend to stick around, which is okay. They never did. It's not like they don't want to stick around. They never have stuck around. Right. So, you know, you've got some industries are now saying, well, it's not worth it because they don't stick around. So don't even take them. Well, they never stuck around. And your ancestors had ferments all the time. The trick is to have it on a consistent basis. That's where the secret lies. So having those fermented foods on a consistent basis. Now, some people really struggle with fermented foods because they tend to be high in something called histamines, which is a 17-hour discussion on its own. But if histamines are an issue, then there's a workaround. You can enhance those probiotics, the good bugs at your gut, and everybody has them. You can enhance them to build the strong ones by eating what now? Real food. Yeah. And plant food and animal foods and animal fats. Different foods will enhance different populations of bacteria to thrive at that gut level. So for somebody who tends to eat a lot of meat and cheese, their microbiome will look very differently than somebody who's eating predominantly plants. They will look entirely different from somebody who's eating predominantly takeout super fast food, right? Yeah. So the way to enhance those good bugs, yes, the ferments will help, but so will real food. And the more variety you can have, the better. There's somebody in Australia who's doing some studies and she's like, we well, just need to eat 50 different kinds of plant foods a week. That's a hard thing to achieve, 50 different plant foods. Why don't we start with where you're at? I like to buy five or six different vegetables and two or three different types of fruit for the week. That gets us set up and then I take it from there. So yeah. You know, garlic is one, onions is another. They're not the same. They enhance different qualities at that microbiome level. So yeah, fortifying that microbiome at that gut level can be done with the ferments, of course, with the therapeutic probiotic. Um, and if you're looking for help with that, then contact somebody who can help you figure out what the right one for you is, depending on what you've got going on. And then doing some of those, like a variety of whole foods. It's the variety that we are looking for because that's the strength of your microbiome where its strength lies is in that variety mm -hmm. in order to cultivate a variety of different types of bacteria that, you know, you don't want just one or three kinds. You're supposed to have quite a few hundred different kinds. So the more variety in your diet, the more variety of real foods you're eating and the more variety of types of bacteria you will have that show up. So that's kind of your second piece. For sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, as you're describing that, I was thinking about that second layer that you were talking about, the, the mm. kind of mucosal layer. Um, any particular like foods or herbs that you know of that are uh, supportive to that? I do. I do. So real food is one. That, yeah. That's not a surprise. Uh, because it's a mucosal barrier, it needs a lot of water. So people who are dehydrated have a harder time keeping that a really nice steady stream of mucus. So yeah. making sure that you're drinking water. Might I also add that you switch if you haven't yet to filtered water or to some type of water that doesn't have chlorine in it. I love where we live that we have potable water coming out of the tap, but I'll tell you the reason we put chlorine in our, in our treat, water treatment plants is to take out any bacteria. I don't want anybody to die from E. coli, but I also don't want anybody to die from Montezuma's revenge. Get it? Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. But that chlorine 
takes out bacteria. So what is that going to do to your microbiome? Yeah, totally. And the other thing that we don't often think about is uh, what the city does to our water is disinfects it, you know, in, in the way that you described it, but they don't actually clean it or filter it in that way. Uh, and even if they did, by the time it leaves the fil filtration plant, you know, and it carries through the pipes and into your home and through your pipes, like it's picking up a lot uh, through that whole journey as well. Yeah, it's true. So filtering your water is one of those things you can do. There are some foods for sure that are really geared to that strong uh, mucosal barrier. One of the nutrients you need for that strong mucosal barrier is found in animal fats and the majority of animal fats. So your butter, your ghee, your duck fat will have some. Your, uh, if you are cooking bacon at home and you're paying $10 for a package of bacon, you better save that fat, honey, because it has some really wonderful fat-soluble vitamins. And the, the one we're looking for right here is called retinol. So retinol is the animal version of vitamin A. And, you know, everybody knows about the carotene, of course, and how, you know, you'll find that in carrots and red peppers and cantaloupe, like any of the orange or red foods. Yes, but, Hanapai, you are an animal. So animals need that animal version called mm -hmm. retinol. And the, the difference between the two, they're not even, they have some similar structure to them and that's why they're both considered vitamin A, but they do two completely different jobs in the body. So it's your liver and your thyroid that work together to convert a plant version called beta carotene that happens to be water soluble and it converts it to be in its usable animal fat soluble form called retinol. So if your thyroid and your liver are well, that conversion should be fairly straightforward and can work pretty easily. But here we are in 2020 and there is stress levels up to here. Yeah. Instead of waiting and crossing your fingers going, God, I hope you can take the retinol out of this or the beta carotene out of this carrot and turn it into retinol. You can say thank you to the animals and add some animal fats to your diet. Those animal fats will provide you with that vitamin A retinol. And it's good, better, best in terms of conventional, organic, and pasture raised. So whatever you're able to put on the table, you're going to get some. So my third piece, you know, we talked about meat stock, talked about ferments and a variety of whole foods. The third one would be to add animal fats. They really do help to nourish that mucosal barrier lining. Mm -hmm. But the other piece too, is they will bolster your immune system. Your immune system in times of crisis actually need a little bit more um, fat soluble animal versions of vitamins. And so by consuming these fats, especially the, you know, D3 will be in, um, in the fats of animals that are allowed to be raised outside. Yeah. They're like us, like we can only make D3 when our skin comes into contact with the sun. Well, it's the same thing for a pig. In fact, a pig, if you are able to harvest the fat from a pig at the same time as you're harvesting the meat for it, then you're able to render that into something called lard. And lard is one of the superfoods for your immune system. It's one of the best food sources out there of vitamin D3, which really supports your immune system. And lucky you, there's also some retinol in the final version, and that retinol will help to bolster that mucosal lining. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, there's, there's a shop in, uh, in Kensington, one of the neighborhoods here in Calgary that has a little symbol or a little drawing. It's an old 1950s cartoon that's on one of their coolers. And it says, they're so happy because they're eating lard. And it's this happy, healthy family that's like super robust and having a great life. 
they're living their best life because of lard. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and, and so many people know, I mean, it, it's kind of common now to, to take vitamin D. It's, it's recommended as a supplement, you know, throughout the year, especially those of us in the northern climates. And so interesting to know that, you know, like food source of it, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. if you think about it, people would have chased the sun in whatever season they were in. So if you were in the winter time, then the sun was stored in the fat and the meat of the animals. If you were in the summertime, the sun was stored in the foods coming out of the garden, coming out of the, the herbs and the tomatoes and the fruit and everything that's coming up. And in the fall, it's in the apples. And yeah. we're just sun worshipers. Like we just chase the sun. Yeah, no, totally. Where is the sun stored? Yeah. Every season, that's a good way to sort of think about it. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's great. I love that analogy. I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons why we call it light seller, light seller. <laughs> Not by accident. You know what's going on. I love that, though. It's true. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, yeah. it's, without the sun, our whole entire world would not exist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, amazing. All right. Uh, I know you've touched a, a little bit here. You've been talking about the liver and the role it plays. Uh, do you want to kind of go deeper into that now? For sure. There's, um, I went to a talk from, uh, he's a medical doctor in Calgary and he was giving a talk one night on the liver. That was the topic that evening for this free series of lectures. And, um, and he says, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, everybody will tell you the liver does like 500 jobs. You know what? My books, she only does one. Your liver mounts your entire immune system response. It is your liver that will filter out any viruses coming on. It's your liver that'll register if there's a virus coming in. And it's your liver that'll say, red alert, red alert, red alert, guys, we have a virus coming in. So when we're talking about, yeah, we're talking about supporting your immune system. We're talking about those foods that can bolster your gut in order to fortify that Fort Knox kind of thing. But we're also needing to nourish the liver because, again, you, you know, your entire immune system is a sensory organ. It's reacting and it's learning about its environment and it's changing and it's being challenged all the time. Well, that the teacher at the head of that class is the liver. It's, right. it's your liver who's kind of going, OK, class, now we're going to learn about this and deciding what the lesson plan is. So anything you could do to support the liver is going to inherently help it best meet what's coming and those the my favorite top best things are beets like the quintessential liver food yeah. so anything beets roasted uh in a salad raw grated make a beet kvass if you want to ferment yeah. so delicious um beets for sure is one of the top ones my second one i wrote all this down so i wouldn't forget <laughs> um Oh yeah, beets, good animal fats. Your good animal fats, while well, we talked about how they're going to really bolster your immune system and to help nourish that gut mucosal barrier, good animal fats end up being what they call hepatoprotective. So mm -hmm. animal fats protect your liver against assault from the outside, against the insult of inflammation. So again, like it's the same foods almost all the time. So your animal fats are going to help protect and coconut oil is one of the non-animal fats that'll help protect. Um, avocado oil and olive oil will be really wonderful plant versions of fats that will also be that protective layer for your liver to be able to uh, meet the stressors that are showing up at the door kind of thing. So those are the top two. And then the third one that I've got for it, egg yolks. Egg yolks are really, really one of the best nourishing foods to help support the liver to do the work of meeting the outside invaders, 
right? That's what your immune system is. It meets the outside invaders, essentially. So egg yolks, especially the runnier, the better. Egg yolks have so many things in them to bolster every little job that the liver does. It's full of B vitamins, which is so nourishing to the liver's detox work. It is full of choline. Choline really helps the liver to make those enzymes to deactivate uh, toxins coming in from the outside environment. So you're essentially giving the liver the ingredients so that she can do the job she wants to because your liver is always going to protect you. She's always going to be running interference to try to keep you alive and to save you. She loves you more than any other organ in the body, I think. So yeah. egg yolks, especially runny egg yolks, will be one of those best nourishing sources uh, that hits all of those really good nutrients. It's got also, we were talking about that retinol version of the animal version of the fat soluble vitamin. Well, it's in that runny yolk. So mm -hmm. again, we're looking like the animals are helping us. Yeah. And, and all that's delicious yeah. too, like runny yeah. egg yolks, <laughs> animal fats, like tasty stuff. Right. And the, the, uh, it's funny, these are all like super uh, wintry foods too. Well, sort of spring, like late winter springy foods, which are perfect for right now. Like yes. liver is the season in traditional Chinese medicine. Liver, it kind of starts around now in the springtime. So it turns out that those fresh greens that are coming up in the garden, the yellow yolks are going to be uh, their total symbol of spring, right? The seed, the egg, the start of something. So why don't we also just jump into what that energy is like and start something new? What does your new look like? Maybe looking after yourself. Good work. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. So beyond, uh, beyond food, I think that's, that's a great foundation. Uh, what, what else are you doing to kind of, you know, boost your immunity? In order to boost immunity, you know, interacting with the outside world really, really can be such a great benefit. And um, so we've actually, as a family, we go out every day to walk the dog. Uh, yeah. We've been getting outside and checking out different neighborhoods because they are saying just walk around your neighborhood. Well, if you see somebody walking on the street, cross the street, of course, please continue to practice social distancing or physical distancing, I should say. Um, but discovering other places and keeping things interesting and really hearing the call to slow down. Right. It is the overwhelming, I think some, where some of that anxiety lies is we're getting a different message from the universe right now. The message is, keep it down. And if we really tap into that energy, it's okay. Uh, the, the, the anxieties and the fears come from what our expectations are and where that new level is. So mm -hmm. do what you can to start to bring that higher energy in that I need to churn out content. I need to be so productive. I need to be doing so many things. I need to, I need to, I need to, that's the old paradigm. Yeah. So getting outside and really interacting with the outside world, that's actually, there's a uh, Zach Bush who's um a really awesome uh, medical doctor who's very much a functional way of looking at things. And he's talking about enhancing your own microbiome by visiting other biomes that you can within your own reach. So, you know, checking out different parts of the city, going down to the river, finding a forest where nobody is hanging out these days, then you get to interact with that environment and that environment starts to also support your immune function that way. There is a, an interaction that happens every time you 
you go, there's new bacteria in every environment. So you're now introducing wild bacteria from those different environments. And, you know, we're, we're not talking go jet set halfway around the world right now. No, no. but the river in Calgary, Bow River and Nose Hill Park will have two completely different biomes and different types of bacteria because they are two completely different landscapes. So interacting with that environment is actually going to help bolster on a scientific level that, that immune function and your gut microbiome. But it's also going to invite you to just let go and turn the other stuff off. <laughs> so that's some of the stuff we're doing. Um, I make a cup of tea every day, if not three, and sometimes they're just straight up tea, sometimes they are elixirs. And for me, some of the level 400 that I go to, uh, right now I'm actually drinking an astragalus chai tea, which is super yummy, and that's uh, Rosalie de la Forêt, who's a, an herbalist, on, and she does a lot of online stuff. You can find her recipe. Astragalus is a really great route to help uh, support immune function and really strengthen respiratory stuff as well. So I love astragalus for that. Um, in my elixirs, I'll sort of switch it up. So I'll do some stuff aimed at gut health. I'll do some that are aimed at liver. I would did one a couple of days ago on, um, uh, red velvet liver love and elixir. So super yummy and very nourishing that the whey powder in there is helping me make more glutathione, which really helps to bolster that immune response. Um, and then some of the other stuff like colostrum is a really great gut helper and colostrum has been traditionally used to help support the liver health of people who have, um, who were, who were not breastfed as babies. So colostrum is one of those helpers to help bridge the gap, right? Between the old ways and the new ways kind of thing. So bolstering where you can with some of the extras, if you're new to adding extra and level 400 things, then why don't you eat real food? Cook simply and start to plan what your meals are going to look like and jump in on discussions. I'm trying to keep some discussions going on my social media stuff. I'm putting together online classes to help people figure out how to make real food from scratch. I had a whole series that I've done in person with these junior high kids, which has been a riot. And so I'm in the process of trying to look what that might look like online. So that's coming down the pike. There's a lot of other providers in and around your circles as we all move online. Well, a lot of us are still ordering out, but we're also taking this time to start building a new skill. And if cooking is a new skill you want to build, what better time right now? Yeah, totally. So on that note, where, where can people find you? So everything is going to be posted up through social media channels, my newsletter, and of course up on my website. So my website is just my name, lucasimmons.com, and it's S-Y-M-O-N-S and Luca with a K. L-U-K-A-S-Y-M-O-N-S.com. And then on social media, you can find me at Lucas Simmons uh, is usually my handle or Lucas Simmons C-H-N-C, which is my official title of Certified Holistic Nutritional Consultant. Yes. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So what, what is your, uh, I know maybe you've kind of already touched upon this, but uh, kind of in a, in a final note of thought, what, what is your hope for, for society and the world uh, to come out of this? Hmm. My hope for the world is for us to hear the call that we're, we have to, this is an invitation. I always, when I struggle with something and I feel like there's a directive or, a <clears throat> or something negative or something bad, mm -hmm. 
to take that invitation to go 180 around the circle and come from the other way and look at it from the other point of view. And I think this is partially what's helping me get through the days. And I invite people to try that on. You know, we're talking about, uh, okay, eat real food. Uh, that's too complicated for me. If that feels like a place of um, where there's judgment or there's, I'm never going to get it right. And I don't know, I don't know how why don't you come around to the other side and look at it from another point of view? So, you know, we're talking about, we have to change our ways. This is terrible. And well, if you understand that your immune system is super responsive to your emotional state, I invite you and I invite the entire world to do that, go to the other side of the circle and look from that point of view in instead. Mm -hmm. And I think this is an opportunity. I'm, I'm not diminishing the, the hurts and the, the, the losses of lives and the complications and all of the hardships. I'm not denying that those are going to happen. But I'm also seeing this as Mother Nature is actually on our side. Mm-hmm. When we do, you know, um, if you think of monoculture stuff, when you do massive fields and fields and fields and acres and hundreds of acres of the same crop, well, that is a perfect time for an infestation of one bug that loves to feast on this one food. Well, it's happening in the same way on a human level. Is it? I don't know. Is this because we have changed too much too quickly? I don't know. Yeah. What are... Exposing where we don't have resilience, right? And resilience yes. comes from diversity. It comes from yeah. you know, lifestyle, etc. So, yeah, and I think this this time and this the way that things are kind of showing up and they seem to be showing up so quickly is really uh, an invitation and a, and a not so gentle nudge from Mother Nature going, "Hang on, hang on, Shh. Yeah. come to the other side and come look at it from this point of view. How does that feel? And what can you do? And what is within your own power to insource?" some of this stuff. And, and that's where I feel most productive. That's where I feel, um, I'm not going to lie, like I, today is a hard day, actually, where it feels sometimes insurmountable, some of the new things and the speed at which some things have to change. When those days come, take a day off. Yeah. The world will still be here tomorrow. And then come at it with a renewed sense of, okay, what can I do? What, how can I help? How can I be of service? And when you start to insert yourself in it from another direction, from another point of view, then maybe that's where the piece will fit. And that's how you can move forward. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, right on. Well, thank you so much for for being on the call and sharing with us all. Oh, thanks for putting this together. I know a lot of people have been, you know, we're searching for so many answers and there seems to be such a wide array and the light seller is just such a trusted resource that I'm so glad to know that you're putting together and I know how much thought has gone into putting in a very diverse point of view from different practitioners. So I'm really grateful to you for shedding some light. Yeah. All right. Right on. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Luca. Uh, Folks will be able to find you at uh, lucasimmons.com and uh, yeah, all the best. And we'll, we'll be on, we'll keep in touch online and we'll we'll see you in person when all this thing blows over. Hey, sounds good. A votre santé. Uh (laughs) Okay, right on. Thanks, welcome.